you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. and we think, well, God's been good to me. It's not that he's been exceptionally good to me. He's not been bad to me. But uh, there's always something to praise God about. Pastor just leaned over to me on the front row that something I wasn't aware of, that yesterday marked the seventh year anniversary that God raised Sister Robin from the dead. So I think we ought to praise God for that. If nothing else tonight, I think he he ought to get a little bit of praise for that. Oh, come on, not, not more than a hand clap. Lift your voice and give God praise for it right now. Hallelujah. I, I don't know about you, but God is, I believe that God's still in the miracle working business. I believe that he can heal today just like he could seven years ago. I believe that God could break chains on a Wednesday night. Now listen, we all deal with chains, we all deal with things, and most of them are of our own making, things that we bring on ourselves that the devil just kind of tags, and we give him a lot of credit and say that he's got me bound up with change when it really didn't have much to do with him, but it has a whole lot to do with us. But I believe that tonight God's going to break some chains in this house. I believe he's going to do it. Now listen, it's, it's Revival Wednesday. Revival Wednesday, and so tonight I'm, I'm going to preach a little bit, if that's okay with you. We're going to just see what God wants to do in this house. I believe that God is, has, has moved upon me, and uh, I do want to share with uh, you what I believe that He has laid on my heart. So if you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like to draw your attention to Jonah chapter 1. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity tonight, although some would say something a little different little inside joke, but Jonah chapter 1, we'll begin reading at verse number 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Anatai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness is come up before me. Verse number 3, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. God spoke to Jonah and it's not was not really what Jonah wanted to hear so Jonah decided that he was just going to go his own way, away from where God wanted to take him. Verse number 9, And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them, 
sometimes it's probably not a good idea to tell on yourself. I'm just going to, okay, I'll leave that alone. Verse number 11. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up. He was being the martyr here. He Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this tempest Jumping down to verse number 15. So they took Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. I want to preach to you for the next few moments on this subject. Simply get Jonah out of the boat. Get Jonah out of the boat. Why don't you put your Bibles down? Why don't you raise your hands to heaven? And would you ask that the Lord would speak to us in this house and that he would have his way tonight? God, we need you right now. We call upon you. Lord, we need your voice. We need your word to speak to us. God, I pray that you would open our minds and open our ears, open our hearts tonight. God, that your your word would permeate tonight. That would get down on the inside of us, Lord, and those that uh, may be struggling a little bit tonight, I pray that you would just begin to speak, God, that you begin to give revelation. Let revelation come in this house tonight, Lord, and let your word accomplish that for which you are sending it tonight. And we give you praise and thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Clap your hands as you're seated tonight. a day in Jonah's life that God speaks to him. Jonah is no doubt, we know from the word of God, a prophet of the Lord. He knows what it's like to be righteous. He knows what the will of God is. He knows what the voice of God sounds like. And God speaks to Jonah in verse number two of our text and he says, go to Nineveh. Go to that great city and cry against it. God was telling them, I want you to go and tell them what I am saying. Be my voice. Be my, be my mouthpiece and tell them what it is I want to speak to them. But the funny thing is, is that Jonah, being righteous and being a holy man and, and knowing what the voice of God sounded like, Jonah refused to do what God wanted him to do. And so he chose to go his own route. And he goes, the Bible tells us, down to Joppa. And he gets on this boat that is headed to Tarshish, and which will end up taking him about 2,500 miles from the place that God wanted him to go. He has plans to go as far away from Nineveh as he can possibly go. So Jonah pays the fare, and he gets into the ship. I'm, I'm sure that it wasn't, it wouldn't compare to the newest boat in the Royal Caribbean fleet, but it would do the job in getting those men from point A to point B. The weather, no doubt, was right for sailing, or they wouldn't have been in that boat, much less allowed Jonah on the boat with them, and undoubtedly. They were experienced sailors and they knew what to look for in making the decision to either stay on firm dry land or to set sail for their desired destination. They didn't have weather underground or they didn't have Google or the latest weather apps on their iPhones like we have today. And some of us, namely Brother Rusiner, needs to stop checking the weather and letting us all know what it says. Uh, but they didn't have the latest, they didn't have access to the latest, greatest weather apps, but they understood what the skies were telling them. The Bible tells us that they, that we are to know the signs, and they knew the signs. They understood what, that if the sky was red in the morning, 
it's the sailor's warning. And if the sky is red at night, it has been the sailor's delight. They used the sky to navigate, and they understood the times that they were in. So they allowed this man on their boat who came and whose name was Jonah, and they leave the port and they set sail in the open sea, but somewhere on the journey, those clear skies begin to change. That calm wind begin to pick up, and those calm seas begin to become very rough and very agitated. I, I can imagine as those mariners are on their boat headed to their destination, but all of a sudden the clouds start to roll in and it's not too long before you can't see the stars in the sky anymore in order to navigate and all sense of direction is now lost. The winds begin to pick up until it is it's a tempestuous storm and what was smooth sailing in a dry, stable vessel now becomes a fight for their lives as their boat is taking on waves and, and filling up with water, and now they find themselves in danger of sinking. They know enough to realize that what they are experiencing doesn't just happen. A, a storm like that just doesn't pop up out of nowhere, but they know enough to know that they are experiencing the wrath of God. There is something that is not right. There is something that is opposing us, and they start searching to find out what is going on. Who is in trouble with God? Who has sinned against God? This isn't just a storm. This doesn't just happen this time of year. There is chaos in our world right now. What are we going to do? I ask you a question tonight. Have you ever found yourself in a situation like that? Things are going good and it's smooth sailing. You don't have any sin in your life. You're living holy and righteous. But suddenly you've got all this chaos coming from every direction. Winds of opposition. Emotions that don't even belong to you. You wake up and you ask, why am I even thinking these thoughts? Or why are those words even coming out of my mouth? Why do I have anger in my spirit? Why am I so frustrated? Why am I wanting to stay home from church instead of going tonight? You look over your life and you think, what have I done? And why are these things happening tonight? I'm going to tell you what happened in this situation. They started looking around and they suddenly realized everything was good until the stranger got on the boat. Everything was smooth sailing until that man got on the boat. The skies were clear. The winds were calm. And then Jonah got on the boat. Everything was smooth sailing until a guy named Jonah decided to join us on our trip. I wonder what's really going on here. Things are about as bad as they can get. It looks like the boat is going to go under. And somebody says, where? is that guy? Where is that guy? Because I know that everything that's going on is attached to that guy named Jonah. Where is he at? I need to talk to him. I need to find out what's really going on. We're up here fighting for our lives. We're using buckets to try to get all the water out of the boat, but it's coming in faster than we can get out. And we're, we're working awfully hard up here, and that stranger is somewhere in the bottom of the boat just taking it easy. The, the sail is lapping in the wind, and we're just going in circles. We're trying everything and nothing is working. Where, where is Jonah? And the Bible says that they find him in the belly of the ship and he is sound asleep. I don't know about you, but that would make me a little angry. If I know that I'm up, up top in all the weather doing all the work and that joker is just asleep in the bottom of the boat, but the Bible says that they find him sleeping and he isn't doing anything 
to help them. He's not doing anything to help their situation. In fact, he seems to be making their situation even more dire. And finally, somebody goes down and wakes him up. And they say, we're about to die. Jonah, what are you doing asleep in the bottom? side of the boat feeding the fish while others are using anything they can they can get a hold of to help rid the boat of the water that it's taken on. Jonah again comes to him and says, well, I might as well go ahead and tell you that all of the earth is my property. And I'm a prophet and I'm, I'm going on alone on a journey that is a long ways from where God is really wanting me to be. Jonah said, it's my fault. I'm the reason that you got in this storm in your life. God called me to Nineveh, but I'm going to Tarshish, the furthest away that I can get by boat. He said, if you will throw me overboard, the storm will stop. The problem will cease. The drama will go away because I am your prophet. so amazing. There, there is nothing like a blue sky when everything's going good. The sun is shining and you're headed uh, to the destiny that God is calling you to go to. How many know what I'm, I'm talking about tonight? When everything, just hang on, I'm going to get to where I'm going. But how many know that it's, it's, it's smooth sailing and the skies are blue and everything is great? When you gave your life to God and everything, everything became so clear and so direct, God brought you out of the mess that you were in, and he established your feet on a solid rock. The Bible says that he picked me up out of a horrible pit. He picked me up out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and settled my glory goings. In other words, the Bible is saying that he picked me up and he settled amazing that God pulls you out in order to take you in. You see, when God brought you out of sin, when God brought you out of bondage, when God brought you out of addiction, when God brought you out of the lifestyle that you were living, he didn't just come to set you free, but he came to take you in to destiny. He came to take you in to purpose. He came to take you in to his plan. When he takes you out, he doesn't just take you out to leave you. I said he doesn't just take you out to leave you, but he takes you out in order to bring you in to his plan and his destiny for your life. He came with a destiny for your life in mind. And when you're standing on that boat, if you will, and the sky is blue and the night sky is clear, that is the way it was for the mariners until Jonah got on the boat. Every sailor makes his navigational plans and routes based on the heavens. But when Jonah got on the boat, they couldn't see the heavens any longer. When Jonah got on the boat, they couldn't navigate by way of the stars, so they didn't know which way they were going. They didn't know which way was north. They didn't know which way was south. They couldn't tell anything about the direction that they were going. And I'm here to tell you that when the wrong person gets in your boat, the wrong person gets in your boat. You can't get directions from the heavens any longer. You don't know which direction you're going. You can't decide which way is left and which way is right. You don't know which way is north and which way is south. But let me tell you that when Jonah gets in your boat, you can't find the direction enough to pray. You can't find direction to the house of God. You can't find direction for purpose in your life. All because Jonah got in your boat. It used to be so cut and dry. When I would go to church, it seemed like every message was a sermon. It seemed like every song sung. 
I couldn't wait to get there because it was all so clear for me. The preacher would preach, and I would say, that, that word was for me. That's, that's exactly what I need to do. That's exactly what I needed to hear. But all of a sudden, you show up to church, and on the way home, you tell your spouse, you know what? I, I didn't really get anything out of pastor's message today. You start thinking, you start asking questions was, like, what was he even really talking about this morning? We we begin to say things like the the songs just didn't do it for me today. They just weren't that good. All these modern songs, it wasn't, it never even spoke to my spirit. It was a little loud, so I decided I wasn't going to participate today. I, I, I can't feel God like I used to. It must it must be all the things that are changing that's killing the anointing. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? There's all these problems and all these situations. When just a few weeks ago, everything was fine and dandy. The skies were clear. Everything was great. Every message was great. But the problem is somewhere along the way, Jonah got in your boat, and now everything is messed up. So good, and what was such smooth sailing is now a tempestuous storm, and you don't know which way to turn. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You don't know who to talk to. But let me tell you right now, if you can ever just get Jonah out of the boat, if you can ever get the problem back out of the boat, then all of a sudden, everything will become clear again. The wind will stop blowing, and the waves will start Understands that all he has to do is put something in your life to keep you away from God, and then storms will come in that don't belong to you in the first place. I've seen people over the years that were doing amazing things. They were living amazing lives. Young people that were doing amazing. Young adults that were doing amazing. New converts doing amazing until Jonah comes along. They, they, then they stop showing up to church and they stop praying and they stop consecrating and they stop worshiping and, they, and there's drama and there's emotion and there's storms all around. Statements start being made of like I, I don't have, I didn't have to fight this hard when I was in the world or I never had these problems until I started living for God or it was easier being in the world than where I am right. deception that the enemy is bringing into the life of someone that would stand up and say, life was much easier when I was in the world. That things were better out there than they are in here. That's like saying that things would have been better had they jumped out of the boat into the waves. That, that that was better than being in the boat. But listen to me tonight. That Don't you ever let the enemy try to convince you that things were better out there. That things were better in the world. That things were better before you ever start living for, started living for God. Because God brought you out of where you're at. And he set your feet upon a rock. And he's, he's, he's trying to bring you into your destiny. No matter what, we can always focus on what God is doing in our life. The problem is that it is a battle that is always in somebody else's somebody else's fight, somebody else's battle. Look at look at Samson. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord moved upon him at times and 
in, in the camp of Dan, and, and, and the Bible tells us that Samson then finds a woman of Timnath. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. He's powerful. He can carry away the gates off of a city. The Bible says that he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. And then he finds a woman of Timnath. And he goes to her, the Bible says, in the vineyards of Timnath. And the Bible tells us that there came a lion against him. He had to fight a lion. We rejoice over that and we say, oh, Samson killed a lion with his own hands. Isn't that something? Isn't that the anointing of God on his life? But the truth of the matter is that he should never have to fight the lion in the first place. Why was he fighting a lion? It was because he was hanging out in the vineyards of Timnath. We forget that even when he was in his mother's womb, that the angel of the Lord shows up and he tells her, you're going to have a baby, and his name's going to be Samson. He's going to take the vow of the Nazarite, which means he can't even partake of the vine. While And while you're pregnant, you can't partake of the vine. Stay away from the vineyards because he's going to be a deliverer, and he's going to be a judge of Israel. He can't be around dead things. He can't ever cut his hair. He was Samson, and he was in the vow of the Nazarites, and he was not allowed to partake of the vine. There's something special about Samson. He's taken this vow. He's consecrated himself. There's a, a direction and a purpose for his life, and everything is going good. here for just a moment and telling you why, or asking you rather, why are you watching movies when you can't act them out in your own life? Why are you listening to music and lyrics that you can't live out in your own life? Why are you hanging out in the vineyards? The Bible says, how are the mighty fallen? It's a gradual decline. It's a little here and a little there. You start going place, places that you have no business. Brother Chad, I'm going to be preaching tonight. There are some places that you don't go because if you're not careful, you will come in contact with battles that you should not be fighting. Preach to somebody tonight and say sometimes Jonah is just not a person, but sometimes Jonah is a device. Sometimes because we just talk about the people that we come in contact with. We talk about the people that we hang out with, and we shouldn't be around those type of people. We shouldn't be around people who are doing these things and doing those things. But what about the devices? What about the fact that we're just hanging out in a place that we don't need to be in? We let all sorts of things in our hearts. open ourselves up to so many spirits. I'm going to tell you, young people, I'm not going to tell the young people, I'm going to tell you, if you've got to hide the fact that you watch it, if you would be embarrassed if anybody ever knew that you listened to it, if you had to hide the fact that you went there, or that you were with that person, then you didn't need to be there in the first place. Quit hanging out in the vineyards. Quit hanging out in places that you don't belong. Quit 
Somebody needs to go into their home this week and clean it all out. Somebody needs to take out their phone or their computer and erase all of that and say, no, 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 I'm not going there anymore. Jesus created a circle who would influence the people in a positive way. He called them really young disciples. Really young disciples. Twelve. He's trying to influence them now. He's trying to influence them. It really does matter who you let in your circle. And I say this, I say this jokingly. I say this jokingly. Uh, I say jokingly when the jury is in a circle, and I'm like, "What in the circle? Nobody wants me in their circle." Now I'm, I'm the one you have to watch out for, apparently. But it really, really, really does matter. It really does matter who you follow on social media. It does matter what you're looking at, what you're reading. It does matter what you watch and what you listen to. They were on fire for God until they started listening to things that didn't glorify God. They were on fire for God until they started listening and watching things that promote a lifestyle that is contrary to the Word of God. And it wasn't long until they didn't want to be in the house of God any longer. They used to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God, but now they don't want anything to do with Him. Why is that? It's because they are fighting a battle that they shouldn't be fighting. It's somebody else's lion. It's somebody else's storm. Quit trying to look for a fight. Quit trying to go places where it's going to be a fight for you that was never intended for you to fight. Amen. Why is it that why is it that Barnabas it also says in the last days there would be falling away and I believe that we're seeing that now. That we don't walk in the strong What's happening is just what God predicted, and, and, and I guess that has to do with why, why, why I'm, I'm, I'm the way that I am. No, you don't have to fall away. You don't have to remove yourself. You don't have to. You don't have to do these things. How? How is that? You may ask tonight. You've got to come out from the world and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Do not touch the unclean thing. Don't. Don't. There are things that you don't touch. There are things. That, that you don't that you don't entertain. There are, are places that you just don't go. There are places that you don't belong. There are places that you don't need to entertain the spirits that are attached. And let me go a little further and say there are some people that you don't need to attach yourself to and entertain the spirit that is upon them. him to stay in your boat, you'll never see nothing again. If you allow him to stay in your boat, you're going to toil all night. You're going to try to do the best that you can to get all the water out, and you're going to try to to row against the waves, and you're going to try everything in your might, but you're never, you're never going to be, you're never going to accomplish it, you're never going to, you're never going to do it, you're never going to make it. 
about the importance of forgiveness. We don't talk much about forgiveness. Because in all reality, media is just as much an illustration of the state of man's life. The Bible even tells us that there isn't a better forgiveness than forgiveness. That's why you shouldn't get on Facebook and engage in every fight that comes your way. You don't, you don't need to get on Facebook and believe everything that everybody posts and just take it as a gospel and think it's true because people, people are used of the enemy as a device to cause you to stumble and to fall. If they can ever just get you to respond, if they can ever get you to be negative, if they can just ever get you to, 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 to be bitter, to get bitter over what somebody posts or over what somebody says or what over somebody what somebody claims, then the enemy knows he's got you. Everyone know what I'm talking about? You, you try your best to steal away a prayer and all these thoughts begin to flood your mind and, and it's everything that is anti-God. It's everything that, that, you, that you saw that you come in contact with that's just filth and it's so impure. You, you try, you try to get away, you try to, you try to touch heaven, but you can't get anywhere because you have all this going through your head. Why? Because we have the wrong influence in our life. There have been some amazing people who have become broken people because of a because of media or because of, 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 of an addiction that comes along with those types of things. I've seen those who struggled. They were in church one day and out of church the next day. And most every time it could be linked to some body. It could be linked to someone. And they are about to lose everything that they've worked for. The years of praying, the years of laboring, the years of consecration, the years of investing in the kingdom of God. And it's just like the mariner's are they going? I'm trying to reach them, but do they want to be reached? What direction are they headed? Delilah said that she loves Samson. Samson found his first wife. You know where he found her? In the desert. The Bible says in the valley destroy Samson. And if she did destroy him, they were going to kill her. She had motivation. And Samson, being, being who he was and, and being misled and finding himself in the wrong place at the wrong time, Samson laid his head in the lap of a cupbearer. 
not comfortable coming in. As he laid his head in her lap, she runs her fingers through his hair. And she says this to him, tell me where I might affect you. Tell me where I can affect you. Let me in on a little secret, Samson. Guys, let me tell you, if a girl ever tells you, tell me where I can hurt you, you better run. Get as far away from that as you can. But Samson had become desensitized because he was in a, dwelling in a place where he never belonged in the first place. But instead of Samson running for his life, he said, Just because Jonah pleases you doesn't mean that he can help you any better. Hello? Just because he pleases you, just because you like his personality, just because he's fun to hang out with, just because you share some common interests doesn't mean that he isn't going to destroy you in the end. Just because that movie was funny or left you emotional doesn't mean that it's right. It might be a seed that plants itself inside of you and creates a thought process that you can't get rid of. You say, I don't know why, but I can't get those thoughts out of my head. I can't get this bitterness out of my heart, and I don't even know why. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because Jonah got in your boat, but it's time to get Jonah off of the boat. I'm going to make it to my destiny, and in order to do that, I've got to get Jonah off of my boat. of desire for the things of God will go away. All that sinful stuff will leave if you just get rid of it. I brought this to you guys. Get rid of me and you'll go get your boat back and you'll get your navigation back. The voice of God will become clear to you again. Your purpose will be in front of you instead of tell you why you feel like that and I tell you why you don't have any sense of direction it's because you got Jonah in your life it's Jonah's problem it's not your problem can I say that again it's Jonah's problem it's not really your problem it's not because there's sin in your life it's, it's not ill intentions in your life It's just that you be, befriended Jonah. It seemed okay. It felt, you felt good about it, but it really was a mistake. But the problem is that you let a stranger into your world, and ever since, 
that problem. Now, what do I do with Jonah? What do, what do I do? He said, get rid of me. He said, we're going to, we're going to work a little harder. Well, I tell you what, we're going to row a little harder. We're going to try to bail water a little faster. We're going to, get, we're going to throw more guys at it. We're going to try a little harder. We'll keep pressing our way there. We'll keep trying to read our Bible. We'll keep trying to pray. We'll keep trying to worship. We'll keep trying to live for God here. Because it really doesn't make sense for us to disconnect from Him. So, it's not long after that that the Bible tells us that they started casting away the wares someone else paid for in order to get it to its desired destination. Somebody has already paid for this to be here. They've already taken the payment and committed to this. This is where it's supposed to go. The ship has taken, taken it from point A to point B. something valuable and you take it to its destination. But instead, they kept Jonah on the boat. By doing so, they had to start getting rid of some stuff they were committed to. Can I talk to us right now? They started saying, I'm going to start throwing over the things that I have been committed to in order to keep him in the boat. If I get rid of him, that would be my fault. So, Brother Brandon, I'm, I'm going I'm to keep him. that we didn't buy. Things that things that we had nothing to do with. Pastor, that our elders handed down to us. Valuable. We have things like truth. Our apostolic doctrine. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And we are destined for the bottom of the sea. We're real quick to say, well, I don't really need consecration. I, I, I pray an hour a day. Don't ask me to push the plate back. I, 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 I'm good with fasting a meal. I'm good with fasting uh, 6 o'clock at night. To six o'clock in the morning. I can sleep through all that. I'm willing to do that. Don't ask me. Pastor, don't ask me to fast sundown to sundown. Don't ask me to go on a journey 
21 or 40 days. I, I, I read my Bible while I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. But don't ask me to sit down and spend some time in consecration and let His Word speak to me. Don't ask me to do that. I don't do that. I say, All of a sudden, there's no prayer life. There's no church attendance. Because they said, if I keep going to church, they said, if I keep living a holy life, so I've got to get rid of my services and pay my taxes to God. But I want to preach to this church and tell you that there are some things that have been passed down to us. There are some things that we've been entrusted with. There's some things that really are a big deal. They handed some things down and said, make sure that this gets to the next generation. We've got to be careful because if we let Jonah in the boat, he, we will throw things over that we once loved and cherished because the goal of Jonah is for you to lose everything that you have ever been committed to in your life. But instead of getting rid of truth, I say we get rid of Jonah. Instead of getting rid of our convictions, I say that we get rid of Jonah. Instead of getting rid of our commitment to God, I say we get rid of Jonah. We've got to get Jonah. Stand with me tonight. Don't throw away the wares. You're committed to the wares. You're not committed to Jonah. You're not committed to things that are going away from God. I'm tired of being disgusted. I'm tired of being bitter. I'm tired of being lost. I've said, I can't tell you how many times I've sat in this office with people that tell me I've got so much anger in my life. I struggle with so many things that I wish I didn't struggle with. And they are so wrapped up with it. They're so wrapped up with addiction. They're so wrapped up in anger. They're so wrapped up in filth. All because one day they allowed Jonah didn't bother me but I looked forward to what God was going to do in me and you ask tonight will I ever feel that way again yes you will yes you will you can just get rid of Jonah and he's allowed to he's waiting on you to make the decision to get him out of the boat drag them to church then they're going to eventually drag you out of church I wish somebody hear what I'm saying right now I know it doesn't sound humane but they, don't, but they, they know that they're going away from God they know and you know in your heart you know Discernment was there and you knew you were making the wrong decisions. So what do I do? I'm speaking to somebody in this house tonight. You know why? Because 
you're not their Savior anymore. You can't save them. You can't want it for somebody else. You can't say, I wish I could save everybody that I ever come in contact with. I wish I could go and grab the people that walked out of this church and say, I, don't worry about it, I'll save you. But the truth of the matter is, I can't save them. But in the process of trying to be their Savior, eventually, I'm going to be the one that's lost. Because I can't. throw Jonah over. God's got a fish prepared. God can swallow them up and take them through hell for three days and eventually turn their life around. But you can't turn it around because if you keep trying, you're going to lose your ship. You're going to sink your boat if you keep hanging on to Jonah. You've got to put him in God's hands. You've got to make a conscious decision and make it tonight. I'm getting Jonah out of my boat. I'm getting that stuff out of my house. I'm getting that stuff off of my phone. I'm getting that music out of my car. I want prayer back in my life. I want peace back in my life. I want joy back in my life. Come on, if you want if you want to get Jonah out of your boat and you want joy, peace, and, and all those things back in your life, why don't you run down to the altar here tonight? Let's spend a few moments. Let's consecrate ourselves and say, God, I'm getting rid of it. God, I'm throwing it overboard, and I'm cherishing the things that really to the Lord for a moment. Why don't you just lift your hands and sing it to Him? Whatever you want. Whatever you want. 